0: Then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Martinsville is almost here, and I am super excited about it, because I think yes. this race and this round is going to deliver what the fans have been waiting for. Welcome to NASCAR America, everybody. Carol Lomano, Parker Kligerman with you for the next 30 minutes. And with the fans in mind, we thought we would start this show by answering some of your questions, because I think a lot of fans are wondering what's going to happen in this round. So you use the hashtag NASCAR America, you send them our way. We have a yes. couple now, and we will start with Joe. Joe who, Paradise. Yeah, Joe you know, you Paradise. You can't get that wrong
2: right there. Props. Kind um, of like what Martinsville is, right? It's like a paradise yeah. for some. Yeah who in Victor lane. But, hey, so which playoff driver is most likely to cause chaos at Martinsville Speedway? So I thought this was an interesting question because there's a couple ways to interpret this. You know, who's going to go out there and wreck a bunch of guys? I don't think we're going to see that. But look at Eric Omerle down there in a 12 points out of the cut line. I believe if he were to go out there and win at Martinsville Speedway, that kind of causes chaos. Because look at all the other drivers, Chase Elliott, Clint, Joey, and Kurt. The pressure it's going to put on them through this round when they look at they're basically not going to maybe be able to points their way out of this round or they're going to be really tight on points. And why do I talk about this? Because Eric Omerol told me this is his favorite racetrack in this round. It's one of his favorite racetracks in the playoffs, and they feel like they can go and win at this racetrack. And Stuart Haas had a very fast car in Clint Boyer there in the spring. So I think this is something that could cause a bit of chaos in a particular way, meaning in the playoffs for if Eric on were to go with. My
1: eyes go to Joey Logano on that list, but oh. how much does speed play into this whole thing? Because clearly this is a Stuart Haas thing when you look at the play yeah, over here. I think it's just I'm kind of haunted by Joey Logano's pass at this particular track. <laughs> and when you talk <laughs> about chaos, I was thinking maybe he might be involved. But uh,
2: Stuart Haas, He has been involved, but you know you yeah. need Matt Kenseth in that same sentence. <laughs> so that they, you know it takes two to tango in that sort of chaos. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think we'll see any playoff <laughs> drivers doing that. We haven't really had any run-ins here as of late. No, you say that, so. you don't know for sure. All right, what's Jenny the next Hamlin question? Hamlin and Chase Elliott seem to you know be mending fences (laughs) lately all right dean carney had a really interesting question so he says in theory would pj1 meaning the traction compound help with traction issues slash track prep this weekend given the forecast and what is he talking about forecast wise well friday looks like a wash which isn't a big deal for the cup series but for someone like me who's racing in the truck series looks like we won't get any practice Mm -hmm. saturday is iffy at this time and therefore like we saw at indy it starts to beg the question What if we start this race with no practice and no qualifying, and we go into Sunday? Well, the track could look like this where it's very much gray. There's no rubber down the racetrack, and this drives the crew chiefs crazy. It gives them sleepless nights because they don't know where their camber settings are set up and how this tire is gonna wear. And then you add in the fact that it's really cold. And this racetrack is incredibly finicky when it's cold because sometimes we go there and it's cold, and rubber still lays down and the tires don't wear too bad. And then sometimes they wear oddly, and you end up with a ton of marbles in the outside lane, and it becomes a one-groove racetrack where guys get shoved out, and they're also having you know tire issues because you don't want to abuse that right front. So there's a lot of things that add up there. Do I think PJ1 would help that? No. I think that would be probably even more of a disaster because you would have a whole other variable. And I've, I know in my experience with PJ1 and, and the little limited experience we've had so far as a series, it helps that heat. And when it's cold, that stuff yeah. can be very slippery. So we're looking at a really cold weekend. I do not think you want that. Now, for me in the truck, by the way, he's asked about that.
1: I was just going kind to of, uh, go ahead.
2: I've run at Martinsville since 2016. And I had a good run, but let's just say iRacing has come really in handy the last couple of days. So I mean, get what, ready. What is
1: on your mind though?
2: Uh, terrified, you know, a little bit. No, I think uh, the fact is we got to qualify, so there's a lot of trucks. There's 35 trucks. So I think the hardest thing for me is the fact that we could be looking at maybe just jumping directly into qualifying, which they can do because it is, you know, the open rounds, so they, some people use that as practice. And therefore, my first laps on the racetrack might mean my fastest lap on the racetrack and the lap that gets us in the race, allowing us to race. So that's a lot of pressure. Okay. So a little different than some of the other cup guys. There's only 40 cars in cup, so everyone will make the race. All
1: right, so weather's going to be an issue. That's a uh, heads interesting. up. Question by and bring, Dean. There,
2: bring your jackets and gloves. It's going to be freezing. I'm bringing yes. like ski long johns. So. Nobody cares. Yeah, What's okay. your
1: favorite race at the track, Mr. C? Wants to know.
2: Uh, all right, so, so my favorite races of the track were back in 2007, and one in particular was one of the craziest races I think we've ever seen at this racetrack. I believe it was 21 Cautions, and it came down between Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon, basically, you know, two of the best at Martinsville, but we saw things like this happen throughout the day. It was just insane. It felt like the race that would never end. There was all, Every car was beat up. And eventually, Jimmy Johnson here goes off in the white flag, but he would find someone Ryan Newman right on his tail sitting down there. Oh, that's the car right there. The middle <laughs> one. <laughs> this race is crazy. He ends up winning under caution. But that, I think that was just an insane race. It was one of those races that some, like, for some reason sticks out in my mind because of the insanity we saw there throughout that weekend. It just seemed like no one really wanted to finish that race. They just wanted to keep going. So the fans got like a lot of racing for their, do- for their dollar. Some there.
1: of the other questions that we've gotten on social media are based around the fact that fans want something to happen at Martinsville, want something to happen in this round. Let's pull up the odds if we can for the weekend, because that's what I'm excited about. I am excited for the narrative to shift here to who in this list, when you look at the odds to win at Martinsville, Kyle Busch. I mean, Uh, that's what stands out to me.
2: No doubt is he the favorite, but the one that sticks out to me here, or two actually, is Kevin Harvick at 10-1. to I just think that's a a good bet in some respects. But then Eric Almiro at 30-1 compared to Kurt Busch. All right, so I know Kurt Busch has won at Martinsville back in 2014, but this is possibly one of his worst racetracks. His crew chief, Billy Scott, told me they were not looking forward to going to Martinsville. Kurt himself is optimistic going to Martinsville, but then you have a guy who's at the same odds in Eric on who told me it's his favorite racetrack. He's got a bit of momentum from that win at Talladega. I think that could be a seriously good bet.
1: What sense do you get that this is going to be the time when Kyle Busch kind of reasserts himself as a legitimate title contender?
2: Well, what we've seen going into these playoffs is, and I think we've sensed it out of Joe Gibbs Racing, is they felt like maybe they did not make the advancements that some of the other teams did, and specifically Stuart Haas Racing. You know, we haven't seen the raw speed out of these guys that we've seen throughout the season. So I think going to this racetrack in particular, though, a lot of those things that these teams find don't really matter. The driver is so a big impact at Martinsville that I believe even if the Joe Gibbs racing cars are at a bit of a deficit to the Stuart Haas racing cars, Kyle Busch can make up for that. So this is a place for him to go and reassert that dominance. And remember, he won at Richmond, a short track. That is yeah. what he does so well. And that is where the driver can make a bigger difference a lot of times than the equipment.
1: I don't know how much stock you put into the fact that he's finished no worse than fifth in his last six races at this track and also has a pair of wins there. I mean, Honestly, I the
2: odds makers do. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, that might have something to do with it. And it's certainly something to keep Keep in mind, if you're making fantasy picks uh, this weekend, we're going to make those in just a little bit. Coming up, though, rhythm, everything on a short track. So how do you find it at Martinsville? Parker's going to hop into the simulator and show us what to do at the paperclip. Plus, Sirius XM Radio's Pete Pistoni is going to join us. He's going to share his outlook for the round of eight. Could a non-playoff driver actually spoil the party this weekend? Pete thinks maybe so. And a new Dale Jr. download is on the way at 530 Eastern. So we've got Junior, we've got fantasy picks. So much more. We are back right after this. Stay with us on NASCAR America. Just getting going.
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
1: Jr. think about the emergence of Chase Elliott as a title contender. That topic and more will be covered in the latest Dale Jr. Download. It is coming up at 530 Eastern right after we are done here. You know, Virginia's racing heritage lives on the short tracks. So today's My Home Track takes us about an hour north of Martinsville to Franklin County Speedway in Callaway, Virginia. The 3/8 Smile track recently wrapped up its 50th anniversary season, and in addition to late model racing, Franklin County is known for its any car division where drivers can race with regular passenger cars as long as it has a window net. That's pretty great stuff. We do make it easier on Parker, though. He skips the window net in the iRacing simulator. Parker, what do you have for us? <laughs>
2: yeah, I didn't have to get into a window net this one, but uh, I do know one thing about Martinsville Speedway. Dale Jr. loves Martinsville Speedway because he loves short tracks. So we all love short tracks. They're great racing. We're going to come to a restart here at Martinsville because I want to talk about how tough these are. Basically, you're here on the bottom. We're in a third row back. You get the power down. It's not terribly hard to spin the tires, but sometimes you don't always get up into the gear right before. Oh, I bumped into the 43 there. And that can happen here on the bottom because there's a lot of times an accordion effect. Even though this is the line you want to be in, you'll even sacrifice a couple positions to the outside here where they're stuck out there until I get beside this 43 because you're able to actually gain those back eventually when the inside lines start to prevail and it stops getting that accordion effect. So here we are rolling through the bottom to make another pass on a guy on the outside and now it starts to get single file. So this is when you have to get into what we call a rhythm and a rhythm is about listening to the engine and doing everything in repetition. So here we come off the corner, you don't want to spin the tires, listen to the engine, get to about 9,000 RPMs, and then it's braking down the corner. Let it roll. Listen to the engine as it gets to its lowest octave, and then it's accelerating again. And you can do this lap after lap. You'll hit your visual marks there. I've been using those Monster Energy boards on the right side, and then you listen back in the throttle again. Hear the RPMs rise. There's the Monster Energy board. Now I break. This is what we do as drivers at this racetrack. We start to do this lap after lap and get into this rhythm, and it almost becomes something that you're just doing instinctively. But then. Suddenly, someone gets to the inside of you, they, they move you up the racetrack a little bit, and this knocks you out of your rhythm. So now you're forced the outside. You're fighting against someone. You're going to do it again down into one. Now they've forced you into dirty parts of the track. You might get some pickup on your tires. And now you're stuck out here. So now you want to fight back at them. But this all gets you out of your rhythm, so they get by you, and now you suddenly have to get back to that rhythm, but it's not easy, you might overdrive, the tires might have that pickup on them, you can't quite roll the same speed. And that's when it gets so frustrating. So then as a driver, you think, oh, I'll just brake later, I'll overdrive, this will work. And then you completely overdrive the corners, you start to lose more time, more positions. You spin the tires off the corner, and all these mistakes compound on each other, and eventually you start to lose to those guys in front of you, and it's very hard to get back in that rhythm. So, the key at Martinsville Carolyn is to keep that level head. If you can do that, you can be successful, but it is so easy to get frustrated.
1: Perfect thank you as we make our social pit stop. Kyle Busch doesn't seem to be having any trouble keeping a level head. This week in the race shop, this was yesterday. at Joe Gibbs racing Kyle and his son Brexton borrowing some spare hoses. What is that they're blowing out there?
2: I can't see through my virtual window net.
1: <laughs> oh, your window net? Yeah. yeah. The, the Take that thing neither. down, dude. Um, it's just uh, nobody shows us a suspension on NASCAR really? America. That's so well <laughs> when we go to, Yeah, when we go to any race shop. Uh, cute little moment there from Kyle Busch and his son as they get ready for the weekend. Certainly the pressure at Martinsville will be ratcheted up soon enough. Coming up next, which drivers have the best shot to crash the playoff party? serious XM Radio's Pete Pistone joins us to predict some weekend spoilers. He's also going to tell us what fans are saying about the round of eight. You may be surprised. Football fan, you know that the Minneapolis Miracle rocked last year's playoff Sunday night, it is a rematch: Drew Brees and the Saints facing Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Coverage starts at seven Eastern with Football Night in America, and that's followed by kickoff at eight twenty. And it is only on NBC.
0: There is a willingness among tracks and teams and NASCAR and our broadcast partners to look at things in a different way, and I do think the Roval opened up some eyes. Changes to the schedule. There have been things that have been kind of tossed around, around can you have a doubleheader weekend? Can you have a, a midweek race? Can you pull the schedule forward? Does it make sense to go to a street course and, or go to more short tracks? And then listening to our fans, we have a 25,000 panel fan council. Do you have a rough estimate of what percentage of those 25,000 want more short tracks
1: on the schedule of 2020? <laughs> that was
0: nice enough to have some guy tell me that on Twitter you know he said hey let me help you out more short tracks more road courses <laughs> and I think he gave me his address so I could send him a check <laughs>
1: That's a clip from NASCAR President Steve <laughs> Phelps' conversation with Nate Ryan on the NASCAR on NBC podcast. Uh, Parker is currently I downloading that it. Can't as wait to we speak. Uh, that's now available, by the way, on all major podcast platforms. So is the latest episode of Monday Morning Donuts, the playoff edition. Be sure to download and listen to both. Uh, let's welcome in Pete Pistoni of Sirius XM Radio now. He's the co-host of The Morning Drive. That is channel 90, in case you're interested. So, Pete, a lot of the discussion up to this point in the playoffs has focused around those drivers who have been right on the bubble. I'm I'm wondering if now that we're in the round that we're in, if the focus is going to shift to who the real playoff contenders are, the ones that can actually win a title. What do you think?
0: I think so, Carolyn. And I think it's the way these tracks line up in this round. Martinsville, then Texas, and then ISM Raceway out in Phoenix. The guys that are near the top of the standing in the playoff grid right now, when we were there the last time, remember, we went to these tracks earlier in the year. When we went there earlier in the year, those guys, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Schroes Jr. were really good, particularly Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was second, first, and second in those three races, and I think those guys are going to have a chance to separate themselves. We got Kurt Busch on the channel, and Kurt says he thinks those guys below those three are racing for one spot, and they're going to have to try to win one of these races here in the next three, because getting up there and trying to transfer through points, uh, according to Kurt, it's going to be pretty tough to do.
1: You know, one of the familiar narratives in all this, Pete, is non-playoff drivers. Can they make an impact? We haven't really seen that sort of thing so far. A lot of people said early on Denny Hamlin is going to grab a win at some point in these playoffs. Maybe it's Jimmy Johnson. What do you think about non-playoff contenders possibly having an impact or playing spoiler, especially now that the most recently eliminated crop contains some pretty talented drivers?
0: I think we've got a better chance, and by the way, my hand's in the air because I did say I thought Denny Hamlin could do that, and I would say <laughs> that if I'm going to stand by that, and I still do, this would be the weekend where Denny Hamlin could do it because we're going to Martinsville. We know how good he is there. Uh, you know, you talk about Jimmy Johnson and Martinsville guys, I mean, I know the record, but I think the Jimmy Johnson of 2018, maybe not. Maybe a couple of weeks ago I would have felt a little better about that after the way they were running in that second round. But I look at Brad kozlowski getting knocked out now to your point, Carolyn this last round. He's really good at Martinsville. I think he's someone that who's not in the playoffs anymore that could win. And I also look at his teammate, Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney's got a chance to upset the Apple cart. So that would be an interesting storyline if somebody outside the eight could win one of these three and I think there is a better chance than maybe we had last year at this time for that to happen.
2: So Pete I'm curious about one of the drivers you just mentioned there Jimmy Johnson right we know his older record at Martinsville how good he's been there in the past it hasn't been that great in recent years and now he's going to go through a crew chief change at the end of the season hasn't quite lived up the expectations right now I've, what do you, what's the sense you get from the fans about that 48 car about Jimmy Johnson and do they feel like he still has a chance at Martinsville or if he doesn't have it if he doesn't show speed this weekend is it kind of writing off that 48 for this year.
0: Yeah, that PK, you're 100% right. The, the fans feel like if you don't see Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss in the top five, at least this week at Martinsville, you're probably not going to see that happen. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors there. We know they're not going to be together. We know there's going to be some other things going on around that team next year. I'm certainly not saying everybody there is not giving their best effort, but it's got to be a really difficult task right now for that team to stay focused with everything that's going on around them. If, if you don't see Jimmy Johnson near the front of the field, I think the fans pretty much have said, listen, it's unfortunate they're going to ride off into the sunset nowhere near what we used to see out of Chad House and Jimmy Johnson for all those years.
1: I was actually thinking about Ryan Blaney after Pete's oh. last answer and whether or not he could play spoiler this weekend. I didn't think about that. I might have to use that for my fantasy lineups. Um, last one for you, Pete. Martinsville is the track that I'm so excited about in this round, but do the fans agree with that? I mean, which track are they really looking forward to most so far?
0: Martinsville certainly got a lot of response Carolyn. when we asked that question but i was really surprised at how many listeners are really looking forward to ism raceway and the reason they said they were was because of them flip-flopping the racetrack so i think to myself well it's still the same track all you're doing is moving the start finish line from the now front stretch to, to the back stretch and vice versa but where that start finish line is going in that dog leg where you can get maybe three or four wide That's what I think fans are hoping for, and I would put it right into the same wheelhouse as what Steve Phelps was just talking about there with Nate Ryan in the podcast. Something different. Fans really love the Roval. I think fans want something different. I think they're hoping that the ISM Raceway reconfiguration is something different for this round.
1: All right, Pete, thanks very much. We appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks,
0: guys. All right.
1: Well, if we know one thing, history has taught us that when you put more than three dozen cars on a flat half-mile track, you're in for quite a show. So, what is on our list of the top five wildest Martinsville moments? We're going to reveal them next, right here on NASCAR America. We'll be right back.
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for twenty thousand miles.
1: Welcome back, everybody. As their team faces shutdown, can Martin Truex Jr. and Furniture Row stay focused on winning the title? Dale Jr. talks about that and more on the download, which is coming up next right here on NBCSN. So just a couple minutes away. Meantime, Truex, part of our top five wildest Martinsville moments, but not in the way that he'd like.
2: This is number five, uh, Parker. Stuck throttle here <clears throat> leading to a hard crash. Yeah. In 2011. You never want to see that, especially a flat, short track like this. I've actually had that happen to me in a truck. It is a hard hit. It's a scary feeling, but thankfully, checked on Casey. Collected, Casey in that one, yeah. Number four, uh, fall 19
1: of 87, push come and shove, three NASCAR Hall of Famers on the final lap here. This is the
2: buying two-for-one bump and run. Uh, (laughs) I love this move. Why not? If you're gonna go for the win and you're in third place, just knock the front two out of the way. It worked for Dale Waltrip there and uh, let's see another one here.
1: (laughs) Number three, uh, spring of 2012, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson looking for Hendrick Motorsports' 200th win here, taken out
2: in overtime. So yeah, like I said, Clint Porter tries (laughs) his attempt at the two-for-one bump and run. A very optimistic restart doesn't work out for him. Ryan Newman picks up the victory. Uh,
1: number two, last fall's playoff race, Denny Hamlin dumps Chase Elliott for the lead. A few laps to go. We
2: also learned after this he had run 10,000 races in his career. That would be Denny Hamlin, but uh, this was a crazy finish. <laughs> That's a finish. cheap shot. I know. All right, so <laughs> this is a crazy finish. Who can forget this? And then obviously the fans sticking around throughout the time, and the lights on Martinsville is such a cool Uh, atmosphere there.
1: Yeah, and this would lead us to our top moment.
2: Oh, look at that. Pumping up the fan. Yeah.
1: Uh, 2015 playoff race here. Can you guess it at home? That gets it. Taking revenge on Joey Logano and Jeff Gordon scoring his final career win, which... That was a, a wonderful
2: part of this as well. That was a crazy race. Uh, obviously, that was crazy seeing those two, but then an amazing end and seeing those that moment there of Jeff Gordon going on to the championship four. That was such a cool thing to witness.
1: So are we going to see another memorable moment this weekend at Martinsville? Our coverage begins Saturday with practice and qualifying on CNBC and here on NBCSN. And then on Sunday, the round of eight begins. Will the first spot in the championship be claimed? Our coverage starts here on NBCSN with NASCAR America at 1 Eastern. So huge packed weekend for you as we get to our first data race preview and we look at some of these drivers below the cut line that have the best shot at a win this weekend. We haven't touched much on Clint Boyer. What say you about his chances?
2: Well, obviously, our spring winner there, so you have to feel optimistic. I know he's optimistic. I talked to him after the Kansas race. Now, the thing about the Kansas race is it did not go well for them. It was, it was not a race that they were really looking forward to. We knew Kansas was not one of his better racetracks. We knew he had to. He was in you know a bit of a tough position having to point his way through, but it just didn't click for them. They got damaged on the left front at one point. It was not their race. It was not like the race they had at Martinsville in the spring where he was absolutely dominant in the second half, Really led a lot of laps and and showed a ton of speed. So, I think for this race team, though, this is an important weekend, though, because coming off a weekend like they had at Kansas, they need to kind of get the momentum back. They need to get the confidence back going up against these other drivers here for the playoff cut line because you can't limp into the championship four. You've got to assert yourself. And I think, I believe it was Kurt Busch that said, you might have to win to find yourself going on into the championship four. So, they're all really racing for one spot against Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch. and and Kevin Harvick. So I think for the 14 team, this is an important weekend to really assert themselves.
1: Kurt Busch is not the only one that has echoed that sentiment. We've heard that from a whole lot of drivers. As it relates to Eric Amarola, I know you spent a lot of time talking with that team. They seem to be very excited about the possibility of heading to Martinsville with the equipment that they have. And I'm wondering, their past Cup experience on tracks like this, where maybe things are leveled out just a little bit for the drivers in terms of equipment, how does that apply into this situation give them even more confidence?
2: Well, I think actually for the 10 team you know it's a little bit of momentum for them on the opposite spectrum of the 14 they had a really fast car at kansas they were running the top five till they had a tire violation and could only get back to the top 10 but you know coming off the talladega win this team is nailing it right now and they're going to one of their favorite tracks. all
1: right let's see what roto world is suggesting for fantasy picks this weekend yes. All right, so here we go. This is the Beav here. Oh, Kyle Beav. Bush. Kevin Harvick as playoff contenders. Chase Elliott as a garage pick.
2: I think the Beav will really like my fantasy Kurt's team this week. He's got the red
1: flag. Yes. All right, so.
2: I we, agree with that got... 100%. Right, Those so are great we're... picks. Uh, so, Beav, you, you nailed it, man. <laughs> Kevin Harvick up <laughs> she, here. Did you look at his Ke- stuff ahead of time? I did, he actually. actually I, looked at, I looked at it. Okay. Thank you, Dan Beaver. It mm-hmm. was good stuff. Yeah. Kyle Bush, Keselowski, and then you know what? I went crazy Ivan on everyone. A.J. Allmendinger. Why? Because he's my buddy. He runs great at Martinsville, and this might be one of the last chances I ever get to put him in a Cup Series fantasy lineup. So you know what? I put A.J. Allmendinger in there. And then, obviously, I'm very confident in the speed of Kyle Busch early. Using your head, using your head, using your head, using your heart. And heart, (laughs) and and then, obviously, trade a (laughs) hedge. All right, visit
1: rotoworld.com so you get everything from Martinsville this weekend. The Dale Jr. Download happening right now.